Hello and hey there. Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast, a show where we rank and discuss any list you can imagine. Best clown horn? Top makeup remover? Best chainsaws? Nothing's off limits. Everyone is wrong, even when we think they are right. I'm your host today, Eric Shane. With me, as always, is Mr. Zach Rancourt. Zach Rancourt, how are you, bud? Uh, I'm great. I don't know if I've ever used a chainsaw in my life. How is that possible? How'd that happen? I don't know. I just don't ever. I've never had a need to use a chainsaw. I don't have anything that needs to be cut that that well. Okay. well, at some point in your life, I mean, you got to have a chainsaw. That's just, you know, of some kind. Yeah, I mean, I I think I should at at a certain point, just a mini chainsaw, at least keep my car when I go camping. You know, because you've seen enough Stephen King movies and adaptations to know that, you know, when you're driving out in the woods, things happen. You know, you might get stuck. You might need a chainsaw. Exactly. Exactly. You know who always needs a chainsaw? I don't know. Is Mr. Uh, Tom Lockhart. And I have also never used a chainsaw. Because, again, I've I've never had to cut anything down or cut any people in half. Those two things have never come up. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, we could solve this problem. And by that, I mean cutting things, not chopping people. That's that's probably a little much. That would be that'd be a little beyond the pale. Yeah, just a little. uh, uh, So I have a little story I want to tell you real quick about my Saturday night, because I I told my wife I would tell it on the podcast so good we were going to go to bed and sometimes she takes a, a weed gummy you know before bed okay. um and i've taken them too before but they never do anything to me like i never get high at all off of okay them. and so she suggested hey why don't you try two mm, and i thought yeah. that is a great idea let's do that and see if i get high finally and I do. And she falls asleep within 45 minutes because she just goes right out. I am still up and I go downstairs to do the dishes and I'm not feeling anything. And I'm washing the dishes for about 20 minutes. And, and then I realize that I'm just staring at a plate for what had to be like three to five minutes where I was just kind of like looking at it. And then I realized very quickly Oh, I'm very high. Like <laughs> I, and I've never gotten like high before. Whenever I take one of her gummies, it never does anything to me. Mm-hmm. And so the next like half hour is kind of me like going halfway up the steps, but then coming back down them and then going back upstairs and going in our office and not doing anything in here <laughs> and going back downstairs. And I'm kind of like getting super anxious about everything. To the point where I go into the bedroom and I lay down and I'm trying to watch Seinfeld and I can't do it. My brain is going like a million miles an hour and and that usually doesn't happen to me. I focus on one thing and I couldn't focus on anything and I had to wake Whitney up and I was like, I don't like what's happening right now and I Mm. need you to be up for this (laughs) because I I know I'm not going to die or anything. I just don't feel good right now. And she was so annoyed. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) It's just like, you're a little high. Why are you being a baby right now? Oh, you fucking lightweight. Uh, I get it. I get it though. I do. When it comes to that, I'm... I'm a lightweight too. I, uh, I, I, I did not yeah. like the feel. It felt like there's a weighted blanket on me at all times. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't like it. And it was terrible. We could sit here Ugh. and slam beers until the cows come home and we're fine. Yeah, I get, even if we I get, get shit hammered, <laughs> even if we get absolutely hammered, we can pretty much handle our shit. Like we're, we're used to that. That's a totally different feeling, but this <sighs> is like, it's an alien. Maybe you were missing the bloat. 
And so you just didn't know how it didn't weigh you down properly. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Oh, God. Were you at least listening to music or something when this was going no, on? No, I, but I I was listening Maybe to that was like, the problem. I was listening to YouTube. I don't even remember what was okay. on there. Oh, but, was, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if you'd had some music that you, you could groove to, maybe you would have had a better experience. <sighs> So, yeah, as, a, as a, a seasoned vet for someone who's, who takes edibles and smokes weed, uh, I would just say, Tom, that it depends on like how hydrated you were, what you took before, your mental state, your tolerance. And it doesn't that, sound like your tolerance is very high or was very. Yeah. Um, yeah. What uh, would you say is high, a high, so. high amount milligram like well, wise? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd probably I, it depends on how much you had. But I mean, I would start with one always and then just wait. But edibles are usually delayed highs. So yes. you're looking 30 minutes to an hour and then and then reassess it at that point. Um, <laughs> just kind of go from there. But edibles are fantastic. Yeah. And um, it, it really just it depends on a lot of like the THC content and uh, what I've had. The, I've had the hard candies like I, I don't smoke. I don't. The smoke is too much. I just don't like it. Yeah. Uh, but I've had the hard candies and usually two of them get me a little bit silly. That's yeah. perfectly, you know, and, and ready to sleep. Silly like five, five milligram is good. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the gummies are really great. The the pioneer, the pioneer chews. I think they're called like the pioneer pineapples or something like that. Those are awesome and they taste like candy. They don't taste mm. taste like zero THC. And I just have the best time. I, I'd laugh my ass off. There's a lot of clarity and everything is just like relaxed. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The, the one I took was 30 milligrams for one. And I took oh, two. That's so. It's a lot, okay. Tom. You should have taken but, one and, and let it but, wait, or you could have taken half to assess your I've tolerance. taken I've taken one before, and it did nothing. <laughs> so it's that's like, why I jumped it. Like two. he said, it could have been circumstantial as well. Ugh. Yeah, it's all so, good, man. We all we've all, we've all been there. So <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, guys, it's still spooky season, and uh, you had yourself sort of a monstrous experience, an out of body experience, and that's part of. That's a little bit on theme of what we're talking about uh, this week and really this month. And I didn't get enough of that sort of talk last week. So Merriam-Webster defines the term monster in many different ways. Uh, maybe you've looked it up. I sure did. I'm that kind of nerd. Uh, chief among them are an animal of strange or terrifying shape, one unusually large for its kind, an animal or plant of abnormal form or structure, one who deviates from normal or acceptable behavior or character, or simply a threatening force. The reason there's so many definitions is because there's so many ways in which we interpret monsters. A monster is not narrowly defined by its aesthetics, though. It, it is by its very nature unordinary, unnatural, malignant within. Monsters defy all other forms of categorization and convention. That's why they're called monsters. And monsters are so rare, they're almost impossible to imagine. And so therein lies their predatory advantage. You can't believe they're right there in front of your face, even when it's happening. They are the residents of nightmares, and so we tell ourselves that they're not real. Well, real or not, singular or collective, it doesn't matter, folks, because today we're staying on theme this week to discuss our top five monsters. And as usual, to enhance our discussion, we did not discuss our list with each other. And by no means are we experts on this or any other category. We're just a few dudes who like to talk about nonsense. So, Tom... Thank you for sharing, and I will silence my phone. I should have done that beforehand. My bad. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing your monstrous story, <laughs> yeah. your semi-monstrous story. That's uh, not really monstrous. I don't know if it really qualifies as monstrous. But what's your what's your first monster you'd like to talk about? Uh, well, yeah, I went with so my monster list has 
monster monsters on it. Uh, for, for some reason, I just didn't want to add any people, fictional or not. Um, so, yeah. But my first one is The Predator from any of the Predator movies. Um, it, it's a terrifying creature because it's invisible. It's got a laser cannon. And it's got a freaky face. Those are all the characteristics I need in my terrifying monster. Um, and the Predator movies, I would say that I enjoy all of the Predator movies for different reasons. <laughs> like, there's two good ones, the first one and the latest one, and then a bunch that are good in their own ways. But uh, I would say that the Predator itself is just one of the most terrifying hunters that hunts people. Um and I would, yeah, I'm going to have to go with that for my first one. That's great. That's I'm, fantastic. I'm going to jump in, Tom, because they're uh -huh. actually called Yauchas, Y-A-U-T-J-A. And you need to clarify because there are several <laughs> Yauchas. So are you talking the classic Predator from the 1987 Predator film? You got the Lost Tribe Predator, Young Blood Predator, Blooded Predator, Elite Predator, Elder Predator, Super Predator, Fugitive Predator, Assassin Predator, Feral Predator, and the Ferals from the most recent one. So there's a ton of different Predators. So what, what's the one that you choose uh the predator that i'm talking about is steve do you know steve steve yeah. like the classic predator it, i'm just i'm just going with i don't fucking know no. i'm gonna jump back in here <laughs> and i'm gonna ask zach is it perhaps on your list because it seems that you had that really prepared and ready to go <laughs> it's not it's not um but i really like uh predator you just had that ready to, okay no i pulled up I, sass perfectly no i prepared. pulled it up i, I it. pulled it up on online but i i definitely as soon as tom said you know they're all the same sort of thing or he said something along those lines i was like whoa hang on a second buddy <laughs> they're they are quite different and everyone knows that predator 2 is is equally as good as predator 1 I love some Danny Glover. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone loves Danny Glover. Who doesn't so, love Danny Glover? You like the classic Predator. Classic Predator would that's be a my, my that's first. That's a pretty yeah. good one. He's one ugly oh. motherfucker. Oh. That's great. That's a great first choice. And I feel like he a Predator that, that just makes such a great monster. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot more about these themes about we are sort of used to being at the top of our food chain. And when we're suddenly not, um, that's terrifying that gets to the heart of who we are that hits us right where we live so that's a great one and that uh my first one are the graboids from tremors the movie tremors uh you see that movie you've seen that movie okay of oh, course yeah, you've seen that movie all of them <laughs> <sighs> they are giant worm-like creatures with tremor sense those of us who play dnd knows what what we're talking about there that's tremor sense okay um where they don't really have traditional uh, hearing in, 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 in sight senses, but they can feel when you're walking across the surface of the earth and they can hunt you based on that. They are huge. They're damn near unkillable without a bonkers loads of explosives, which, you know, in Montana, they just have, um, or a bunker full of weapons, which, you know, that's also a thing that some people have. Um, so yeah, we're not really accustomed to the idea. Like we can think of a jaguar if you're in the jungle of South America or out on the a lion out in you know the plains of Africa or a polar bear up in the Arctic you can think of something like that or a shark getting you in the water that's one thing but we're not really accustomed to the idea of something reaching out from the ground to get us so that's just creepy as hell monsters that that movie freaked me out graboids my number one that's a good one 
Did you um, ever see the second one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So w- which one do you think is, is scarier? The big warm ones or the little tiny, uh, like when they got legs? Do you, did you see they when got, they got little legs? And they got heat vision. And they got uh, heat yeah. vision, yeah. They went all predator on that. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I go with the tr- traditional classic, the giant worms that, that kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, they're, they're all freaky. Of course they are, but, uh, classic is best in my opinion. Yeah. Those are pretty awesome. That's a really good movie too. Cause it, I love how the camera works and it, they just kind of pop out of nowhere. Like in mm-hmm. that store scene when it yeah. just comes through and eats the owner. I was like, Oh my God, I don't like this. That movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Same. That's what I'm saying. It's really it's, gross. It is very gross. It scared the hell out of me. Kevin yeah. Bacon. You Not will huge, have you know. long blonde hair, big blue eyes, ass that don't quit, and legs that go all the way up. I don't know why that uh, this stays in my head forever. <laughs> what a jackass. Anyway, good movie. Great movie. Yeah, Graboids from Treasure Tremors, my number one monster. Uh, Zach, what about you? So I'll just say, and we were talking about this before, this was very hard to list uh, our favorite monsters because there are tons. And I think over time we'll be like, oh my God, I forgot about that one too. But uh, one that immediately comes to mind is is a horror villain, but he's also a monster. This was a movie responsible for many sleepless nights when I was a young lad, but also it has now become one of my favorite uh, horror film franchises that I leave on in the background. And I just laugh at it now because it's hilarious. Uh, Robert England plays him and it is Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Freddy is one of those guys that he gets a little more comical than serious um, as the as they go on. The first Freddy Krueger was more serious. And then the second one, they toyed around with the idea. And then the third one in Dream Warriors, which is like my secret favorite one, he has the perfect combination of scariness, but also comedic timing. As they go on in films, he just becomes funnier and campier and stupid. Um, but he still remains like a badass. And I, I, it's one of those things that I've always thought there's no way in hell you could ever stay up for four days or whatever. Your, your body just will, will shut down. Your mind will shut down and you have to fall asleep. So having that idea of like, if you fall asleep, Freddy's going to come and get you is terrifying to me because not only can he attack you in the physical, he can attack you in the dream world too. So mm. it's, um, he's always, he's always been a classic, uh, classic monster for me. Uh, I think he, he's, he's w- one of the top, if not the greatest ever. And he took down Johnny Depp. So oof. he did take down Johnny Pulled Depp. Pulled him right yeah. into that bed. Yeah. Oh, he deserved it. He was staying up too late watching TV. TV Damn will rot your straight. brain, you see. <laughs> oh, that is a God. great choice. I, I don't know. I have nothing to add. That's just a perfect selection yeah. of a monster getting you where, again, somewhere. I mean, we're accustomed to nightmares, but like <laughs> somewhere uh, you should be safe in your own mind in the night and in, in your dreams or whatever. Having uh, like you need to feel safe. It made you feel unsafe in your own bed, which is the place that you should feel absolutely the safest, right? That yeah. well, that that in the toilet. <laughs> in the I never feel safe in there. Oh God, that's true. I always check the. the t- I always think like giant snakes are going to come up and bite me. In the- <laughs> anyway, so that's a great number one. I'm not going to spill my nightmares on here, Tom. What about your number two? My next one is the snake that comes out of the toilet. No, um, <laughs> toilet my snake. Next one is uh, the monster from Cloverfield. Which is, I believe, I couldn't really find a definitive name, but I believe it's called Clover or Clovey. I think it's Clovey. I found. Yeah. Um, 
but it's essentially just a big kaiju monster. Um, and it, it rips apart the entire city and it can't be stopped. And oh no, it also has terrifying little babies that drop off of it that are might even be more scary because they're ferocious and come at you quick than just a lumbering giant going through the city. Um, I've always enjoyed that movie. It kind of hit when when like shaky cam uh, found footage stuff wasn't like everywhere. It had, it was (laughs) Mm. just about to everywhere, but Cloverfield got in just beforehand. And uh, I've always loved that movie. I I usually watch it like once a year. Um, I should probably do that. It is October. It's a good time. I think it kind of built off of maybe Zach could be, uh, could speak more on this. It kind of built off Blair witch in terms of that. And that's when it kind of, that sort of idea exploded. Right. Because Blair Witch came first, didn't it? Yes. First yeah, found yeah. The found film. footage. Yeah. yeah, Blair Witch came uh, well before. That's but what, I yeah. do like Cloverfield. It's the, my only issue with found footage um, uh, stuff is it's tricky because there are certain scenes, like the whole idea of found footage, is it supposed to feel real? And then there are certain scenes where you know a monster would be following you and and the person's using a camera. I'm like, come on, like that's not how you do it. You would probably be running, holding the camera, and be yeah, like that- down behind you. <laughs> That camera is a hundred percent pointing at the ground. Okay, <laughs> exactly. So that, yeah, that's definitely like it's hard to do well, is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. Just I'm running away and also framing the shot. Great. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a there. There are some issues. So, uh, but Cloverfield is good, and and I really enjoy it. I love I love the monster. It's it's different, and and I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, is this a Godzilla movie? Uh, because the tra- teaser trailer played at a Super Bowl, and I was like, oh shit, Statue of Liberty's head just came off. Um, yeah, a lot of fun though, for sure. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, All right, Eric's second one now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the animatronics from Five Nights at Freddy's game. Uh, I don't know if you ever played that game, or if you've just seen videos of it. If you know what I'm talking about, are you familiar, Tom? Uh, yes, I was just like putting my head back because I was like, I didn't even think about video games. Like, (laughs) I just realized like, oh, I left that media medium like completely out. (laughs) That's okay. I understand. Zach, what about you? (laughs) Do you know what they're, um, what they're called? I, I, I know what I've I've seen it be uh, like played before and it really kind of freaked me out. I'm like, this is for kids. This is a really dangerous game. It's not, I don't think it's for kids at all. I, I, I don't. Uh, I just call it animatronics from Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't have a more specific name for them, but uh, God, their expressions are super creepy. So if for those who are uninitiated, <laughs> those who are unfamiliar, uh, think Chuck E. Cheese. This is a restaurant themed restaurant like Chuck E. Cheese, where they have animatronics with these creepy ass expressions because Chuck E. Cheese characters are creepy as hell. Uh, but you are like a, you're playing a security guard at night for some reason or another, and you are in this room (laughs) and you've got certain cameras throughout the restaurant that you can go back and forth from, from viewing that are all over to get the idea of the footprint. And you've got, uh, to a door on, on your left and a door on your right and a light just outside each of the doors. And you don't have a whole lot of power and you have to be able to like manage your power to go back and forth between your cameras or these animatronics will be coming to life and coming after you. Every time you turn to another camera, these things have moved. And now, you know, so this guy's making a creepy expression at you and this, and then suddenly jump scare and you're dead. Okay. It is crazy freaky. And it is just, it's obviously the jump scares that get you in the end, but it's really, 
like the existential dread that comes as these otherwise seemingly lifeless machines slowly but <laughs> undeniably make their way toward you. It's just insane. And you are keenly aware that you are not equipped with a weapon of any kind. You can't even get up and move. <laughs> okay? You can only operate those cameras one at a time and sort of try to keep them at bay that way because when you're looking at them, they don't typically move. So, like I said, you've got a finite amount of power that you've got to manage. And if you don't, to make it through the night, you're a goner. It is a crazy scary game. You can check out videos of it on YouTube or reactions to it. People freak out. It's crazy fun. They've got a they've got sequels to it now too, so it's pretty good. Anyway, yeah, the animatronics at Five Nights at Freddy's, there's like a whole lore behind what's going on with them and why they look so lifelike and there's like a set of teeth inside there. It looks like there might be human teeth, so maybe they're shoving people Oof. like into the animatronics and like their spirits or whatever or, or what or what's animating it. It's crazy freaky. There's all kinds of theories on it. So, uh, yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's, terrifying game. I am good without playing that ever in my life. I don't. I don't need it. I don't want that kind of negativity. <laughs> and there we go. But, but you, yep. you, you like scary movies. I do, but I don't like to play scary games. Okay. There's a they did a Friday the Thirteenth game, and it's actually kind of cool. It's it's um you play online with other people, kind of like Among Us, mm -hmm. and one person is Jason. Everyone else are camp counselors, and you have like fifteen minutes or ten minutes or something. You have to survive until the police show up, and so you're supposed to go around Camp Crystal Lake and just survive, hide from Jason. You don't know where he is, but he has indicators that like will show you where he where you are or something. Mm -hmm. And so um, you can build weapons and use different things and you have to work together. Like you might find a key for a car, but then there's no fuel. So you have to go get gas and so on and so forth. Uh, it's really creepy. And, and if you watch Twitch videos of that, too, it's, it's very scary. He'll, he'll come from nowhere and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. There's like a Slender Man game or whatever. Oh, I've seen yep. where like versions of it with like Shrek. That's hilarious. It's got like, <laughs> one is, oh. you've seen it. It's like a twisted. You, the, when he gets close, you hear the song uh, uh, All Star. The, of course. <laughs> they're, they're coming and they don't stop coming. Anyway, it, it's just creepy. So, yeah, I don't. Somebody yeah, wants to. I don't play a lot of creepy games myself, but yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's is crazy. So, that's my number two. Cool. I dig it. Yeah. You, you had a Freddy and I had a Freddy. Mm. How about that? How about that? Well, I'm going to stick in the horror movie genre, the horror movie realm, and I'm going to go to uh, one of the greatest horror films of all time. It started, well, it didn't start the slasher genre, but unofficially, it's, it's probably uh, known for basically starting the, the slasher genre. And uh, Michael Myers, The Night He Came Home, uh, in indie film, basically very bare bones budget, but it's become one of the most iconic um, slashers in, in cinema history. He just has, you know, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. It's a William Shatner mask, but they painted it white and changed up the hair. And it is uber freaky. Um, the fact that he's so blank. And if you look across the street, I mean, there are times when I'll just be staring out my window, just kind of, you know, dozing, not dozing off, but staring off into space and being like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden, if you see something like that, I would be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I would not even do a double take. I would just probably run, run as fast as I can. Uh, Michael Myers is is a scary creature who he just keeps on coming back. And that's why they call him the boogeyman. I mean, I have nothing to add to that. Tom, do you? I got I, I got nothing either. 
That's a great monster. That's a pretty classic monster, as you said. So, not I to think... be confused with Mike Myers from Austin Powers. But yeah, that could just as threatening. <laughs> yeah, just baby, as terrifying. Oh god, Lit- literally and just as murderous. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so in the interest of time, uh, Tom, what about your number three? <laughs> uh, my number three is the entity from It Follows. So, if you haven't seen It Follows, it's uh, about a girl who. You know, gets a crush on a boy and they make sweet, sweet love. And now she's got a thing following her, you know, a sexually transmitted monster that will slowly come towards her until it gets to her and then it will kill her. And the only way you can not be killed by it is to get out. Go, 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 go. But it's going to keep coming and keep coming. And it's going to keep coming and it changes forms. So it's not like you notice it every time because now it's a different person who's coming at you. And it's terrifying that it's just always coming. It's that question that people ask where like, would you take a billion dollars? But there's a snail that if it ever touches you, you'll die. It's that, (laughs) but you don't get the billion dollars. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I like that movie. I haven't seen that movie in a while. I should rewatch it. Um but yeah, so that's just a terrifying thought of having something coming at you forever until it's going to murder you. I like that one. It's, it's you can't even see it. And that's the the scary thing about it follows is it's just, uh, yeah, passing it on um, the invisibility thing. The the pool scene that climax is pretty Ooh, yeah. gnarly. <laughs> it's um it's a weird one to watch. You're like, what the hell is going on? But it's a very smart horror film. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. So, yeah, I dig it. To no one's surprise, I haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, nah, probably not. It's You should check it out, though. It's, it's definitely cool. It's just called The Entity. Yeah. I don't really have a name for it, but um, those are always fun. The, amb- the ambiguity is the, is like the biggest thing. And I, I explained when we did our top five horror films last week, um, how Paranormal Activity is one of my favorites because you can't see what's attacking you. And that's something that gets me the most. Like I can run away from all that from Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers, but not being able to see something, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And so, yeah. Right, that's I, why that's, water's terrifying to me. That's, that's a good choice. Can't see. Water's terrifying. There's bears exactly. in there. Don't you fucking exactly. laugh at me. I'm serious. It's terrifying. Clear water is okay, but like, it's just, you get to the, the blueness and it just disappears into darkness. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Mm. Anyway, uh, my number three, the rest of my list, they are more general monster types, not specific ones. My next one are zombies. Mm. Zombies. We are already uneasy with death. We just are. But when a lifeless decomposing corpse gets up and starts shambling towards you, well, that's just disconcerting, right? So the problem with zombies is that they're not really versatile from a storytelling standpoint. I mean, I've seen a couple of different versions of them. But we, we sort of just kind of get used to the idea of what they're supposed to be. Uh, and when you have zombies, you, now you're a zombie show. You're a zombie movie. You're a zombie game. That's the whole thing. It's zombies. That's like the entire thing. Whatever else you're doing, it's just really that. Um, so unless, of course, it's Dungeons and Dragons, in which case you actually can do all, you, you know, whatever the hell you want. <laughs> it's a more freeform <laughs> yeah. storytelling device. So, um, but the walking dead did like an especially good there. That's a probably the best job for zombies maybe ever in, at least in TV. Um, 
it's the inexorable way that they come at you. It's like you were just talking about with the snail. The snail does not tire. The zombies do not tire at all, ever. They keep going at you. Um, slow, but steady, never tiring, never sleeping, no thoughts, no remorse, just ceaseless hunger. They don't even bother to kill you before they start to feed on you. <laughs> right? That's yeah. horrible. That's horrible. And then there's, you know, there's a pack of them. And then that's just, that's terrifying. Now, I highly recommend reading the zombie survival guide. If you've never read that book, it's, it's, really good. it's, it's crazy. You're just like, when you read it, you're like, this guy's fucking bonkers. He's crazy. Cause it reads like an actual honest to God survival guide. There's a lot of really good, like general survival tips in that book there. It's, it's a good read. Um, but it's a, it, it, it's great. Read the zombie survival guide. That's where. I think Max Brooks is who it is. And then mm -hmm. World it's Mel War Brooks's son, right? World War Z came from that. It's like, mm -hmm. um, the story came from the, that book. So anyway, um, yeah, zombies, zombies are my number three monster. Are you a slow or a fast zombie guy? Like what, what's more terrifying? I'm, a, I'm a slow zombie guy. It's the slow inexorable death. fast zombie is that's, uh, like, uh, um, what, what's an example of fast zombie? Like World War Z had some fast zombies. Didn't well, they? like like um, um, Day of the Dead yeah. or, um, you know, like the Zack Snyder remake was one of them. Uh, 28 Days Later. How I Am Legend, do those count as zombies? They're kind of. Uh, I think those are more vampires. Yeah, yeah that's more vampire because they, they, they can't go out in the sun. Get hurt by the sun and. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. But zombies I, I think, don't like the yeah. sun, but yeah. I think fast zombies are scarier for me because I can mm. outrun slow things. Like I know the hordes. That's the hard part is there's so many of them and they can overwhelm you. But I mean, I'm not going to be in a situation where I'm going to be overwhelmed. I'm going to just be gone because I, I don't stop. I don't do stupid shit. Um, right. I just I, I move. But zombies well, are really, really that, terrifying. That's the thing about zombies and that that you, you, you sort of underestimate them because it's like, oh, well, I can outrun a zombie. OK, not forever. OK, eventually no. you're going to have to sleep. They don't even, you know. They, yeah. But you at least have time to kind of like plan something like, uh, yeah. I mean, so, okay. I always, cause I also read the survival guide and yeah. I, I have had this conversation Water. with friends before. Yeah, it's like, yeah, where yeah. do you want to go? Like, do you go to a desert? Do you go to the jungle? Do you go to an Island? Like Ocean. on top of a mountain, I would go heights because I mean, yeah, the zombies are going to have to climb up, set something up and use gravity to make them keep falling back. An Island is, is fine, but they can walk in the water. It's probably going to push them around a bit, but they'll eventually get to you. And so, and plus with an island, you're landlocked. I mean, you're not landlocked, but you're, you're unless you do there, you unless know? you do water world sit and you build like floating platforms and you stay out cool. there. Yeah, like like a boat. But <laughs> yeah, like a big boat, lots of boats. Yeah, yeah. I would just inhabit a Costco, and then I would build barricades around it, and I would build a garden on the top of Costco, and I would smoke seventy five percent of the meat, and then uh, the other would just be frozen because the electricity would eventually go out. But I would only uh, recruit, and I would only allow people into my my uh, facility that can bring a skill that enhances mm. our society. So, so you've like uh, crowned yourself King with uh, <laughs> yes. what, with what authority, with what power <laughs> uh, finders, keepers, the, oh. the, the statute <laughs> of finders, keepers, yeah. you know, you know, I have like a lot of guns, right? <laughs> and uh, that is okay. the skill that you bring. <laughs> that's, that's the skill okay. I bring. I'll, just, uh, I'll dodge the bullets and that's you, my skill. Yeah. I have. Yes, you will. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm recruited. Got it. Yeah, okay, go. cool. Zombies yeah. are my number three, Zach. What about you? Good choice. Thanks. My number three is dun, 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 
The movie that made me scared to go in the water, kind of. I didn't live by the ocean. I mean, I did, but not like a shark-infested ocean. But I know friends that lived out in California, that lived on the East Coast, that really were terrified from this 1977, 1978 film, where a shark terror, 75, way off, a shark terrorizes a uh, New England town, and that is Jaws. So I am talking about Bruce, the mechanical shark, (laughs) slash the real shark from Jaws. Uh, That movie's done so brilliantly with with the camera use and, and that being the scare tactic. Then when you finally see uh, when Chief Brody is chumming out in the water and mid sentence, you see this giant fucking shark like an hour plus into the movie. We've been waiting to see it the entire time. And it is truly terrifying. It is huge. Uh, that teeth full of razor sh- or that mouthful of razor sharp teeth. It really gets you every time. And I mean, it's such an iconic shark. Every time you go to Universal Studios, you go by the uh, Amityville Island and or Amity Island. And yeah, it's it's it pops up. It's just so fantastic. But Bruce the shark from Jaws. Uh, yeah, I, I've never understood people who like go out into the ocean and swim. That <laughs> makes no sense to me whatsoever. I get going to the beach, like Pacific Ocean, like, yeah, we can go to the beach and go a little bit in the water. But going just out into the water, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. There's terrifying stuff out there. Yeah, that's where well, all the terrifying uh, things are. Like, why the fact that you can't this? you can't see under the water either. You don't know mm-hmm. what's oh. down below. That's right. Monsters. The shark monsters is watching you. Yeah, yeah exactly. We know what's down there. Monsters, bears. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, Jaws, the movie was was responsible for so many people being afraid to go in the water, like legitimately f- afraid to go in the water. And you know what? I, I mean, I don't blame them. It's it is really creepy and really scary. So sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's a great number three. Yeah. Sharks are definitely scary. There's no question of that. So, okay, Tom, what's your number four? My number four is The Weeping Angels from Doctor Who, which I don't know if you guys watch Doctor Who, either of you? No. Okay, then I can explain what The Weeping Angels are. So Perfect, the take weeping, your time. Weeping Angels are just statues of angels. No big deal. But if you're not looking at them, they can move. But when you look back at them, they turn back into stone. It's ah, their defense mechanism. It's the animation so, for Five Nights at Freddy's. If you're looking, they can't yes. move. Got it. Um, and the way that a, the Weeping Angels work in Doctor Who is if they touch you, they feed off of your time energy. So they send you back in time and feed off of your, basically, the time you would have had if you didn't get sent back in time. And that's what they, that's their sustenance. So they kind of doom you to living in the past and, you know, just eat your essence. And they are terrifying because there's so many different ways they can get you. At one point, one of the weeping angels can like kind of move through video where the uh, the weeping angel is just sitting there on the video and you look away from the TV and then it's moved, but it only exists on the videotape. So it is still able to do its thing, even though you're just watching a videotape of it, which is crazy. Um, So yeah, I, I love Dr. Who and they've been in many different stories throughout. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with with my number four. That is a great number four. Uh, just from the description alone, that sounds fantastic. I, 
I feel like I'll lose all my nerd cred when I say I have never seen more than one episode of Doctor Who. I have seen exactly one episode of Doctor Who. And I feel like the reason I get turned off by it is because there's just so much content. It's the reason why you tell people like, hey, you like D&D? You should check out Critical Role. Oh, okay, sure. Oh, I have to go to Twitch? Well, you can watch old episodes on YouTube. <laughs> really? Okay, great. Holy shit, how many episodes? Are- They're four hours each? <laughs> There's 300 plus episodes? No, I know. No, I'm not going to. You're crazy. There's no way I'm going to sit here for 20,000 hours of con- however the hell much. So uh, Doctor Who feels a little bit like that for me. Like how many Wait. seasons are there? Uh, just of the, the like newer ones that started in like the two thousands, I believe there's 14 seasons Okay. of just that. And then there's also the stuff from back in the sixties and seventies, which I've only watched a a little bit of that. I mostly just the newer. (laughs) There's continuity between the older ones and the new ones, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Same doctor quote unquote, who takes different forms, right? Yes. Like every three seasons he transforms into like a different doctor which is right. just him transformed and yeah right that i get that um, that i that weirdly makes sense like <laughs> and, and and it kind of changes up and i that that that's fine I, that's cool huh but there's continuity from okay well all right well then my number four i told you i'm staying general and i'm going with vampires since you already mentioned vampires a minute ago vampires are on my list now unlike zombies Vampires are extremely versatile in storytelling. There are so many versions of vampires out there. I didn't even bother to like write them all down. The vampire. I don't care. They're just, they generally have some common traits though. They're basically like undead elves, which are like humans, but better in virtually every way. Like human, (laughs) human in lots of ways, but with super strength and super senses. Like obviously though, vampires have that whole, can't go into sunlight thing or you turn to the you know you know the dust and if you get stabbed on the heart with a wooden stake you die you know that's always happening like what are you gonna do right anyway uh but also oh some of them can turn into a swarm of bats and fly away or turn into smoke and drift up behind you and like slowly and soundlessly stalk you um also they have that vampire charm thing going on there where they seduce you and then transfix you and so you succumb to their bite oh and th- then they can simply feast on you if you're lucky or in a lot of lores, they can sire you and make you their undead servant. Uh, that's more of a D&D thing, not like a Buffyverse thing. It's like you just become like they acknowledge your their sire, but like there's no servitude implicit on that. Whereas like in D&D, you a, a vampire, a true vampire makes a vampire spawn. And then that vampire spawn stays their spawn until basically they sire and then or they kill their master. Some, something happens to their master and then they're freed. And then now, you know. So it's like a whole thing. Vampire society is very complex, you guys. <laughs> and it's sexy, too. And it's sexy as hell. So, yeah. It, it, it is definitely sexy. And as a dwarf vampire in our current campaign in mm-hmm. D&D, we are terrifying. You're right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I uh, my Probably my most successful character uh, was named Silk. He's a... a Catman, a cat, a cat, a race, a humanoid race of cats. Anyway, um, 
he was a bard, so he's sort of a very sexy, sexy cat. And now, uh, well, you know, he died. He was killed by a vampire. So uh, I believe what ended up happening to him is that he became a vampire spawn and became uh, a sex slave for the vampire. And he's sex like, slave. he's like, uh, this is okay. This is fine. I'm good with this. <laughs> he's like, this is Super not the cool. fate I would have chosen, but you know, fine. You know, silver linings is cool. So <laughs> anyway, vampires are, we're all, there's always going to be vampire shows. There's always going to be vampire movies. Uh, was it, what was the Dracula one that came out a few years ago? Dracula untold. Is that the one Charles dance? Like- Oh, 20, 20 years, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Charles, I think Charles dance played like the evil, like creature within that gave Dracula his powers. It was, he did a great job. It was awesome. So that was a cool movie. I like vampires a lot too. Dracula dead and loving it. Go go check it out. (laughs) Fair enough. I bet no no one knows that movie. It's nope. No idea what you're talking about. Oh, I I know that movie. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. It's great. It's awesome one. Cool. Okay, so for my, my number four, I'm going to go to another horror film. It's one of my favorites of all time. It was on my list last week, and that is The Creature from The Thing. Uh, that is an alien creature that can basically take on any uh, organic form, and it will replicate it, and it will look exactly like it, and you won't even know. You won't even know, know the difference. Uh, it's scary. It's creepy. It can multiply and its sole uh, goal is to take over the entire earth and infect the entire earth. So we must stop it, damn it. But it is straight up nightmare fuel. If you just type in The Thing 1982, you will see what I'm talking about. You'll see a bunch of Google images and it's really gross. You'll probably see the head that has spider legs and it's disgusting. So that is uh, that is the stuff that nightmares are made of, uh, boys and girls. Indeed. Uh, I remember last week I was going to bring something up when you were talking about the thing. And that's that something I didn't know is at the beginning of the movie, there's a guy speaking in a different language and he's actually telling them that the dog in it is not actually a dog, but in a different language. So you don't know unless you speak that language. It's like Swedish, I think. Yeah. And it's, I, I never knew that for years and years. And then I read it somewhere and I was like, wait, what? Like at the beginning of the movie, you could know that the thing is a thing. <laughs> so but they I'm didn't speak to, Swedish. I'm supposed yeah. to Google 82 year old thing. Let's <laughs> <laughs> no. say just type in the thing 1982. Right, and see, see what Im- let's immediately go to images. That's disconcerting. Uh, yes, that's a that's an interesting monster or the chest burster. It's disgusting. Ugh. Yeah, it's really it's really gross, but that's definitely, uh, you know, one of the top monsters out there easily. Yeah, that thing is off. That's what the Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, man. Ugh. Oh, it's a great movie. I love it. I'm going to watch it this month. I just need to uh, pick a day and, and I'll watch it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's head into our final round here. Uh, Tom, what is your number five? Um, my number five is from one of my, I guess it would be a guilty, ple- nah, maybe not a guilty pleasure, but it's one of my favorite horror movies. Um, and that is The Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. I like the first Jeepers Creepers movie. Second one's okay. Third one is a pile of garbage. Um, But the Creeper is a monster who feeds on different parts of people, specific parts from specific people. He wants some people's eyes. If he's liking your eyes, he's going to get your eyes. (laughs) He's going to eat those eyes, and those are now his eyes. (laughs) 
Um, he is only out of hibernation for 23 days every 23 springs. So he only is up and at him every 23 years, but he goes through people and it's fun to watch. He's going to be making mosaics of bodies in the church basements, which are real cool. And everyone loves those. You guys love those, right? Yes. Body mosaics. <laughs> um, but I, I enjoy the creeper. Uh, I wish that he had better movies than just the first one. Um, he deserves better as a person. And I think we should all write a movie for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sold. Uh, Let's do it. Boom. I'll start writing tonight. I think between the three of us, we could probably come up with a pretty good screenplay. For Jeepers Creepers? Yeah, for our friend, oh, yeah. actually for any movie. I, I really think if we had a movie idea in mind, we could probably do it. I mean, you know, I have storytelling uh, background. You have storytelling back. Zach, you're a, a movie guy. You you know what a screenplay is supposed to look like anyway. So I think mm-hmm. between the three, it may not ever get made, but we could do it just, just to like take part in the exercise, right? So <laughs> we could at least say, you know, I've written a screenplay. So let me tell you about Spielberg. He's lost it. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. <laughs> I wrote a bullshit screenplay with my buddy. So let me tell you about him. I don't know. I think we could do it. I think we can do it. I'm not crazy. I'm serious. Maybe it's tough, man. Writing the screenplay is. I didn't say we could do it tough. well. I said we could do it. <laughs> I didn't say anybody would want to see it or make it. I'm saying we could physically do the act of creating a screenplay. I said nothing beyond that. So, okay. Let's back into. Anyway. Okay. My number five. Let's talk about my number five. Aliens. Aliens as a monster. Now. I'm not just talking about the xenomorphs from the alien movie franchise or the aliens from Independence Day, which are my personal favorite. Those are crazy. Um, But also from countless others. There's all manner of stories, books. Oh, man, all kinds of aliens from books, video games. They're all over the place. But it's a fictional threat that is really only temporarily fictional, I think, because our comfort, as I hinted to earlier on in the episode, our comfort our comfortable little place at the top of the food chain here is secured in our knowledge that we are the undisputed masters of this planet, right? The only other humans we share the earth with, we won, we beat them, we killed them off or we bred with them and now they're dead. They're gone. Okay. No more, no more, you know, uh, Neanderthal anywhere. Okay. It's just homo sapien. We're the only humans left. We're it. We're only competing against each other. Our next closest relatives are chimpanzees and bonobos. Okay, which are about a percentage point and a half away from us in terms of DNA, the DNA chain. They're only about a percentage point and a half away. But look at the difference between us. Okay, it's the difference between animals capable of using only like just the crudest of tools and a civilization capable of creating spacecraft that land on other planets in our solar system. Okay, but now imagine another percentage point and a half in the other direction. Right. To a race of aliens from a spacefaring civilization capable of traversing the whole cosmos, we would look like drooling idiot children, right? <laughs> and and that's why I don't automatically dismiss those like UFO sightings that seem too crazy to be real and they move in ways that defy explanation. Like like I'm a skeptic, okay? Which means until I have a reason to say yes, that is an alien. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Like, I, I don't know what that is. I just say unidentified flying. I don't know what that is. Okay. We need explicit evidence and proof before we can make that claim. But I'm also not totally dismissing it as impossible just because 
we can't think of how that technology could possibly operate like that. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Okay. We can't explain how that UFO could move like that through space, air, and water. Well, apes and dogs probably think we're elf wizard gods. Like, (laughs) you know, they can't tell the difference from one and a half percent back on the chain. So how could we possibly, you know, the other way? And that's a terrifying notion. We can't conclude for a fact that there are other civilizations out there. But logically, how could there not be? The Drake equation figures there's as many as 10,000 intelligent civilizations in our galaxy alone. And there's hundreds of billions of galaxies in the cosmos. So, yeah, of course, we're not alone. Right. So the idea that some super beings could come down from the sky and descend upon us. Like that's terrifying and could totally wreck our shit. And that, so, and then the question becomes, well, why would we assume that they're going to be hostile? You know, aren't we just like anthropomorphic or are we putting our insecurities onto them? Yes. That's what you do with monsters. (laughs) You put your insecurities onto them. Uh, If they did that, I'm saying, there's nothing we could really do to stop it, right? Even Independence Day kind of covered that, unless we get a guy who's going to fly a nuke up into the middle of it, basically, and find the one weakness. So we need Jeff Goldblum, for sure. So protect him at all costs. That much is critical. We know that, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, think of some other heroes that uh, that we, we need to, you know, Randy Quaid. Okay, he's still around, I think. Um, he is still around, yes. Okay, so keep keep him around. Protect them at all costs, and we should be fine. But yeah, aliens. Aliens speak to our comfortable little place on the top of the food chain that uh, that that could be temporary. Maybe, maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. So what do you guys think of aliens as monsters? You said it. You said, I mean, yeah. I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> not all aliens are that scary, though. I'm talking like a Space Jam aliens, Mac and me. Sure. <laughs> Mass Effect. Good old Mac and me. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, Star Trek lot of aliens, Marvin the Martian that just aren't scary. But sure. overall, I I know what you mean. And it's, we, it, we always fear what we don't understand. Movies like Fire in the Sky and the recent Jordan Pill movie, Nope, really get me um, because aliens do terrify the shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, if we ever, if we were to say encounter evidence of them having existed on Mars at some point, obviously half the country would deny that that even happened. They would just be like, "Oh, that's fake, fake news." Blah blah blah. <laughs> you know, uh, that that's gross. But it's true. Um, on the other hand, I mean, it, they, they they could be an existential threat. I don't want to sit here and say let's make enemies like that. We don't have to, but. I mean, what, what what would we honestly do if they were hostile, if they had the capability of traversing from another star, forget other galaxies, just from one star over to here. That's so far beyond anything we're even remotely capable of dreaming about right now. So that alone would make them near to gods compared to us. So, yeah, aliens are terrifying. So that's my number five. Zach, what's your number five? Well, to end mine, I will just tell you uh, what happened. So Gandalf pursued the monster for eight days until they climbed to the peak of Zirakzigil, where the Balrog was forced to turn and fight its body erupting into new flame. Here they fought for two days and, and nights. In the end, the Balrog was defeated and cast down, breaking the mountainside where it fell into ruin. That is the Balrog, the Balrog of Morgoth. Um, 
Lord of the Rings. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Demon of the ancient world. Exactly. They are demons. They are elf related. They are kind of a combination of whatever. Very, very powerful and very dark and scary creatures with a whip crack with his whip a tail. And um, they have a lot of a lot of fire. They have a fire sword uh, and just some gnarly, gnarly horns. Um, it is an evil that is unfathomable that you cannot just face one on one unless you happen to be a wizard. And lo and behold, you know, Gandalf sacrifices himself on the Bridge of Khazad-dûm so the Fellowship can can uh, flee. They can fly. Fly, you so, fools. Uh, what we see there and what we read in the books is, oh my God, Gandalf is dead. What you find out later is Gandalf was in a, a battle with this Balrog and chased him through the mountain to the mountaintop and battled and fought him with Glamdring, his sword. Um, instead of using his his wizard staff and his powers, he straight up, you know, brute force Murked and e- exerted everything he had to where it actually killed him, too. But then, of course, we see what happened. He got selected by the I don't know what they're called, but the Beyonders, the celestial beings or whatever, to come back and fulfill to, to fulfill his his destiny, basically. And he got a sweet new wardrobe and a cool new groomed beard. And he's using Perk Plus in it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He hogged so, all the XP and came back with all new gear. The asshole. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he he got rid of the stick and he's now using uh, steel. He's using Valerian steel crossover. Um, but anyways, yeah. So the Balrog, uh, that is a sc- scary, crazy monster that is straight up nightmare fuel. And you I mean, you can try to run from that as much as you can. That thing is just going to destroy you. Uh, that's a one hit kill, um, you know. You get hit, you're you're done, though. You're, you're not coming back from that one. I don't care how much uh, chainmail, how much mithril you have on you. Yeah, Frodo's little mithril vest, which is obviously awesome, is not going to turn away a Balrog's flame sword. Not going to. Oh happen. no, not at all. Not yeah, at he'll, all. He'll cut right through him, no problem. Listen, um, 2001 is when Lord of the Ring, uh, the the first Fellowship came out, right? 2001. Yes. Uh, the artwork and graphics that they used, like the CGI for the Balrog, is like it holds up man oh totally it is so good it's so menacing and when manny and i saw that at uh, seattle symphony it was it, it, truly an epic scene it's so crazy i hope they do that again you've got to go see it that way it's the best way to watch that movie it's probably the best thing i've ever seen seeing that live with the symphony it's crazy so cool yeah i'm, I'm always down for that well, well, that's a pretty good list of monsters there. And by no means was it exhaustive because, God, we could sit here. This is another one next next year, next October. We can make another list, uh, uh, revisit it, <laughs> and each have five more monsters without a single crossover. So let's uh, go ahead and go down our list here. Thomas had the Predator, classic Predator, Clovey from Cloverfield, the Entity, the Weeping Angels, and the Creeper. Eric had Graboids from Tremors, Five Nights at Freddy's Monsters, the animatronics, uh, Zombies, Vampires, and Aliens. Zach had Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Bruce from Jaws, The Thing, and the Balrog itself. Alrighty, well thank you for tuning in to the Top 5 Podcast, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at PodcastTop5, at ZachBill60, at TomTop5, and at YaBoySnackBurglar, where you can give us ideas, tell us if we're crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon, whatever, wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you, and remember, it's okay to be wrong, even if you think you're right. 
I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did, did the, the monster mash. mash. <laughs> <laughs> it was a graveyard smash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that completes me in so many ways. Thank you, Tom. All right, <laughs> like a flash. All right bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye.